Quitting your nine to five is certainly not a walk in the park. Imagine the uncertainty, the fear of not knowing what's going to happen, the fear of not knowing where your next salary is going to come from. Exactly. This is what two of our Tony and Milo entrepreneurs from 2015 had to go through. They both had um, their nine to fives and it hit them at that point that, you know, it's time for them to, to move on to the next thing and become CEOs. And speaking of CEOs, today we're going to hear from the CEO of the Tony Elumelu Foundation as she talks to these um, two entrepreneurs. Victor, and I'm the CEO of Ujuru Kitchen. And Omar Miyakonde, and I'm the co-founder of Smoothie Express Limited. Listen to them as they speak on defining your idea, defining your products or service. Welcome to the Tony Elumelu Foundation audio stories on entrepreneurship in Africa. So how were you able to define your business idea? Okay, the idea actually came about in 2014 when my partner, because I have a partner, so we're two in the business, when my partner was trying to get on a smoothie diet, a detox diet, she she had a nine-to-five at the time, and it was difficult for her to to you know keep in touch with her she has to leave home early as early as six and get to work and then also um keep in touch with her diet so it was difficult for her to follow through the whole program and that was when you know she called me up and she was like you know i have this amazing idea that why don't we supply smoothies and um, you know healthy meals to people in their offices and you know because this was not a pro- this was a problem that was not peculiar to just her so it's we were trying to bridge the gap we wanted to be we wanted it to be convenient we wanted it to be affordable we wanted it to be um you know accessible so that was where um smoothie express idea came about fantastic Thank and you. victor was amazing obviously is the packaging is really eye-catching yeah i you know when i bought it i was convinced this was imported from france because this particular store imports a lot of food from france yeah and it was only when i saw it here now talking to you that this is our local nigerian entrepreneur that's that's produced and packaging and packaging is first class talk to us about the importance of packaging well, um, so for, for, for my product in particular, um, I had to, first of all, um, determine who's going to use my product, who's, go, who's my market is. And um, I discovered that a lot of people um, that would use my product are um, a, a bit high-end, um, have spare change, and don't mind spending money on convenience. And so to attract those people, you have to, um, you have, to have a high standard of packaging. Um, we're competing against, you know, the international market, not not just the uh, local Nigerian um, companies. And so, if you're going to attract people to your product, your packaging has to be international standard. We spent a lot of uh, money and time in the packaging. We've had about three versions before we finally go into the market. So we, you know, we, you know, we had to ensure that we're um, hitting what our target market wants. Um, the problem with packaging is in Nigeria, we don't have. Um, we don't have the best um, packaging materials. You know, packaging is not really one of the, um, the yeah, it's not one of the strong points that we have here. So it's been really difficult finding proper packaging. So where did you get the nice jars? Well, so I mean, right now we still import the jars. Um, oh, yeah, really? It's from quite, where? Um, from China, from the UK. Yeah. Um, but it's quite interesting that even when we're at scale, even when we do scale up, is it going to cost cheaper importing the jars? to get exactly so that's important yeah. if, even the labels for example yeah. we couldn't get them in nigeria 
you know, because the, you know yeah. they were not quality enough. You know, and normally I do. I do obviously agree, agree with him. Yeah, I agree because because even the. Um, the disposable cups that we use, we import them. Nigeria doesn't make us. It's really ridiculous. We don't. Um, in, we don't produce cups here, so we mm-hmm. have to import. We have, were importing our um, salad plates as well until when we had when the um, dollar the dollar yeah. crashed. We had to devise them because it was the dollar was going up almost every week, and yeah. the plates we couldn't be increasing our prices. So we had to devise them. We had to start producing our plates here, but our, the the cups we still import them and. The straws, everything is important. Both of so. you talked about both of you talked about having identified your market for your product. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, how well yours is the office worker leaving yeah. very early the in the health morning. conscious, um, health conscious individuals. We basically we are tar- we were trying to we were trying to create a product that could appeal to everybody in um, so we have like different different categories in us. Well, in the socially. Well, we have, have, yeah, so we have people who just want a smoothie. They're not trying to lose weight. They're not trying, they just want a smoothie. You don't, they're not trying to lose weight or anything. We have that. We have people who are health conscious who want to get on a detox. We have smoothies for them. We have people who are like fit farm. They're trying to build muscle. Mm -hmm. We have that. We had for, for, we have for cute and kiddies blends as well. You're listening to the Tony Elumelu Foundation's audio stories. The idea came about in 2014. We registered the business in 2014, but we started operations fully in 2015, March. So 2015, it was launched. Yeah. So what's your, how many people are you employing now and what's the revenue generation? So we um, have a direct staff of 10. So we have a staff strength of 10. Direct 10 full-time? Yes, full-time and indirectly, altogether, directly and indirectly altogether, we have um, 17. So that's the dispatch riders that work with us. So we outsourced our deliveries. So, but so can I just so you went from zero employers <laughs> in a number of people? I mean, employed. like eventually you, we you created to, jobs for yes, ten people. Yes, yes, and it, that number would definitely increase when we start having outlets and express locations and revenues. So, um, to date we've done about six to five million in revenue since two thousand and. 15 March up till now. So there is a huge market out there yes. for your yes. product. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Victor, what about you? We started in July 2014 actually. Wow. Um, that was the first um, the first time we were able to show our products out to, to people um, at a fair. But we officially go into market in March 2017. Now, that's the time um, that was spent in between was doing a lot of market research, was um, figuring out a factory, you know, getting the NAFDAQ. You know, the, the regulatory environment in Nigeria, especially when it comes to um, food and um, production, is, um, is a lot, you know. So there were a lot of initial investments that, that have happened over the last three years to bring us to the point we are. Yeah, so I mean, we're going to market officially end of March. And right now, we're in about 50 stores uh, across Nigeria. And how many people do you employ? Uh, we employ 10 people directly, indirectly, so so much more. I mean, because indirectly, we work with smallholder farmers, for example. And so, I mean, we have, we, we do garlic, ginger, and atarudo, also known as chili pepper. And those are coming from different places. So, for example, we hire, you know, over 100 or hundreds of farmers indirectly. And, um, I mean, we also um, outsource some of our services, you know, our d- distribution, um, our marketing services. So, yeah, we've been able to, 
touch a few lives throughout. So what would you, what role would you say that the Tony Lumilu Foundation Entrepreneurship Program played in impacting your product definition or improvement? So, so for me, I, I'll go first. Um, I was, I mean, I, I'm an accountant, so I, I mean, I thought <laughs> I had everything covered, right? Um, but during the 12-week program, I was able to, it was like a refresher course for me because I was able to, you know, um, look at things through a new perspective, you know, with a different set of eyes. And yeah, so that helped me refine my business plan a lot better and, you know, made, made me more um, ready for, for market, as it were. So that was, you know, that really helped. I guess by the time we had <coughs> done the 12-week, um, or we're doing the 12-week program, I was already on my second trial of the brand. So, you know, I already knew branding was going to be important to me. But I think um, the the topic that stood out the most was about investing and, you know, um, realizing that, you know, you have to get into partnerships to, you know, to, to get big and to expand and to achieve your goals. And it's better to have a, a small percentage of, of something than 100% of nothing. So it, it made me um, uh, open my eyes and my ears more to the uh, possibility of, of um, getting partners, which I have right now. And I guess also, you know, I'm getting to define um, my value proposition, which was one of the first topics. Um, you know, you, you get um, to narrow down, you know, a lot of things, you know, where your market is, you know, who your customer is. Yeah, so, so that helped a lot. It was a whole um, new experience for me because I came straight from um, a nine-to-five, so I had never done any business before. And when I got into when I um, joined the Tony Lumilu Foundation, I was just starting the business, so it was a learning curve for me, the the... The twelve-week um, program, I, I, from the mentoring, from the mentors to the, um, the, the resource library, everything, all the um, information. You really absorbed it all. <laughs> yes, it was wow. just really knowing that target market, how to um, market our product, how to define define our product, to um, focus on you know on the um, necessary decisions the major decisions that we need to take to move the business forward it was so both of you started with ideas and in that journey you were able to from an idea you were able to actually launch and sell your product and now employ 10 people and generate you know millions of naira it's absolutely fantastic and it's really important that other entrepreneurs who are sitting out there like you, thinking, should I leave my job? Should I start a business? You know, for them to be inspired by you as role models, yeah? Yes. Both of you have moved from the nine-to-five, safe corporate jobs, yeah? Um, you know, I, I want you to share with us, you know, what were some of the thinking that you did in making that leap from the secure... You know, it's letting go. You know, letting go of that parachute, yeah, and making the leap to to follow your dream in terms of setting up your own business. Well, when um, I was still working, I it got to a point where I didn't find fulfillment in what I was doing, and I knew that I wanted to be my own boss. I knew, and the truth is, when we when we um, when the idea came about in 2014, my partner and I were both working. 
So we tried to start the business while we were still working, and it really did. It really failed because we were not putting our, you know, our hundred percent in it. We just looked at it as a side hustle. Like, okay, when we're done with work, we'll do that. So it got it. It was until we made the the major decision to, you know, quit our nine to fives and, you know, focus and go straight into it. Like, it was it was a difficult process. It was not easy because I actually my not like my I didn't have a horrible boss. My boss was amazing and everything. But I just, I just um, was, I wasn't enjoying the job anymore. I wanted more for myself. And it was so, it was such a major decision because I kept thinking, is this a good idea? What if I fail? Can I get back and everything? But I knew that it was a step in the right direction. And immediately I focused 100% on the business. It took off from there. Um, okay, I was working in, uh, um, in KPMG. Um, yeah, so I was in a nine-to-nine, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 24-hour job. Um, so it was interesting, um, and I, I had a goal. Um, I wanted to be a chartered accountant, and, you know, once I had finished three years in KPMG, I had that tick out of the box. And so the next thing was, what do I want to do now? Do I want to keep, um, I mean, living to work or working to live? You know, because it wasn't just going to keep, I wasn't going to do that for the rest of my life. Um my dad retired about three years ago. I mean, he had a good job, you know. All the kids are doing well and everything. But, I mean, I saw his life. He spent 30, 40 years working for other people. And I thought to myself, do I want to be like that? And so those were the things that motivated me. And then um, there was one February or March. Um, we got our yearly bonus. And I saw my bonus and I thought, this is, this is the time I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop. This is the time I have to chase my dreams you know i'm young if i'm gonna mess up it's gonna be now and this is the time to mess up and so i just resigned that same day yeah you're kidding yeah i'm not how kidding. old were you when you resigned um this was last year actually so yeah for a while you know i was you? doing this i'm 28 actually oh yes it was my birthday 27. both of you just very very quick you know what's the the, the, the most important thought that you'd like to leave the audience with on this defining your product, what, the importance of defining your product, your idea and your service. So, I mean, I, I think for me, what I've learned in the last three, four years of this journey is that that definition isn't constant. Like, it keeps changing. You have to be flexible enough and be humble enough to know when it changes and to recognize the change. You can't be um, too hot-headed or too hard-headed. You have to listen to people, look around you, and keep defining your products and services. Um, for me, I would say that it's, you know, not being too rigid. Like when we started Smoothie Express, for instance, we didn't think we were going to branch out into salads and we do all other things now. We thought it was just going to be smoothies. So like he said, just to buttress what he says, like the idea would always change. You should just be ready to go, like go with the wave and put your hundred percent in it basically, because there's no how you would put all your effort in it and not get like good results.